0: Uh, Some of the days of this week of Jesus' last on this earth, his Passion Week, were sort of ordinary days with no title to go with them. Uh, A few of them carry with it a more descriptive element to describe what's going on. We've looked at, for instance, Palm Sunday, and now we've come to Maundy Thursday, April the 2nd, AD 33. This is the day of preparation for the Passover and the observance of the last meal with his disciples. As we reach this point in the final week of Jesus' life, his public appearances have come to an end. He is now focused on spending quality time with the ones God has given to him. These 12 disciples make up the group that is Jesus' closest friends, his followers, and also his betrayer. Jesus has some lasting words that he wants to share with them, and he wants to do it at this last meal. He tells them that he's longed for this day because he knows that it will be the culmination and fulfillment of all that they have read about in the scriptures concerning the Savior and the Messiah. This meal represents a turning of the page in covenant living for all who believe. Once Jesus completes his mission, there will be no more sacrifice and ritual to cover our sin because he will have paid for it in full. There are a lot of lasts going through Jesus' mind as it relates to this meal. It's the last meal he will have with this entire group. It's the last meal in his pre resurrected body, and it's the last meal under the old covenant. And just like God instructed the Israelites to prepare for their very first Passover in the book of Exodus, Jesus is telling his followers to prepare for this meal as well. He instructed his disciples to look for a man carrying a jar of water. Now, this may have seemed somewhat obvious. But then in some respects, you might think, well, how would that even be distinguished? In that culture, women carried the jars. And so it was probably ordained and planned in advance to have a man stand out carrying a jar of water. And so when they found this individual, Jesus said for them to ask him, where is the guest room where we can prepare to eat the Passover with our master? At that request, they would be led to a large upper room, which indicates that the owner of this room And this guest house was a person who had means and some wealth about him. There was a specific layout as well as a detailed menu included for this meal. Low reclining tables were arranged in an upside down U shape with the guest of honor at the center table in the center facing everyone else. We know that John, the beloved disciple, was on one side of Jesus at the center table with Judas Iscariot on the other side of Jesus. Everyone was positioned at other places and they were reclining partially, lying down on their left side as they ate. The menu for this meal consisted of roasted lamb, unleavened bread, bitter herbs, a fruit sauce, and four cups of wine. Jesus used this meal to share several instructions with his disciples. One thing he mentioned was that one of them would betray him. They immediately reacted in horror, asking, who is it? Jesus subtly indicated that it would be Judas, and Judas abruptly left the meal at this point. Jesus also used this time to institute the Lord's Supper, a practice that we still observe today. He stated that the bread represented his broken body and encouraged them to take it and to eat it. Jesus then passed the cup and said, take this and drink it. It is a representation of Of my blood poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whereas the connected gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke concentrate on the particulars of the dinner, John considers more closely Jesus' loving act of washing the disciples' feet along with his heartfelt words of encouragement to his followers, words that were encouraging them to stay faithful and to live out his model of love to others. John also expands the detailed prayer of Jesus that he delivered in that moment as well. Because of their human viewpoint and limited perspective, a lot of this was all but impossible for them to understand and to completely process. They even began to discuss trivial things like who would be the greatest when Jesus established his kingdom. Jesus took a moment to let them know that is a Gentile approach, but in Jesus' kingdom, it's about serving. He also took a moment to let Peter understand that he would deny him. After this expanded words of farewell from John, they all sang a hymn together and departed this room to make their way to the Garden of Gethsemane. In the garden, Jesus took his closest friends, Peter, James, and John, further into the journey and encouraged them to watch and to pray so they wouldn't fall into temptation. He went farther himself and deeper into the garden to pray to his father alone. In this time spent with his father, Jesus prayed, let this cup pass from me. But he always yielded to God's will in this experience. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He went back to check on his disciples, and each time Jesus checked, they were sleeping. Just like us, there's their human side, and it had wore out. Jesus told them, the spirit is willing But the flesh is weak. Get up, let's go, for my betrayer is here. What an intense day for Jesus on this Maundy Thursday of his last week. Scripture even reveals that he was under such intense anxiety that the capillaries around his forehead burst, and he sweat drops of blood in the garden. There's a lot of places we could go to read some of these details, but let me take us to John to read some of this farewell discourse and his prayer. We begin in John 15, where Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vineyard keeper. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit, because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. For my Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have spoken these things to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command: Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this that someone would lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you slaves anymore because a slave doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you that you should go out and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. This is what I command you love one another. If the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. However, because you are not of this world, but I have chosen you out of it, the world hates you. Remember the word I spoke to you. A slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But they will do all these things to you on account of my name, because they don't know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have sinned. Now they have no excuse for their sin. The one who hates me also hates my father. If I had not done the works among them that no one else has done, they would not have sinned. Now they have seen me and hated both me and my father. But this happened so that the statement written in their law might be fulfilled. They hated me for no reason. And when the counselor comes, the one I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will testify about me. You also will testify because you have been with me from the very beginning. I have told you these things to keep you from stumbling. They will ban you from the synagogues. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is offering service to God. They will do these things because they haven't known the father or me. But I have told you these things so that when their time comes, you may remember I told them to you. I didn't tell you these things from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going away to him who sent me, and not one of you asks me, where are you going? Yet because I have spoken these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away, because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father and you will no longer see me. And about judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I still have many things to tell you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me, because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. That is why I told you that he takes from you what is mine and will declare it to you. A little while, and you will no longer see me. Again, a little while, and you will see me. Therefore, some of his disciples said to one another, What is this he is telling us? A little while, And you will not see me again a little while and you will see me. And because I am going to my father, they said, what is this he is saying a little while? We don't know what he's talking about. Jesus knew they wanted to question him. So he said to them, are you asking one another about what I said a little while and you will not see me a little while and you will see me again. I assure you, you will weep and wail, but the world will rejoice. You will become sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. When a woman is in labor, she has pain because her time has come. But when she has given birth to a child, she no longer remembers the suffering because of the joy that a person has been born into the world. So you also have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Your hearts will rejoice and no one will rob you of your joy. In that day, you will not ask me anything. I assure you, anything you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name, Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be complete. I have spoken these things to you in figures of speech, and a time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name. I am not telling you that I will make requests to the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I am leaving the world and going to the Father. Ah, his disciples said, now you're speaking plainly and not using any figurative language. Now we know that you know everything and don't need anyone to question you. By this, we believe you came from God. Jesus responded to them, do you now believe? Look, an hour is coming and has come when each of you will be scattered to his own home and you will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace, because you will experience suffering in this world. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus spoke these things, looked up to heaven, and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify your Son, so that the Son may glorify you. For you gave him authority over all flesh, so he may give eternal life to all you have given him. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God, and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. I have glorified you on the earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with that glory I had with you before the world existed. I have revealed your name to the men you gave me from the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that all things you have given to me are from you. Because the words that you gave me, I have given them. They have received them, and have known for certain that I came from you. They have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, because they are yours, and my things are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one while i was speaking excuse me while i was with them i was protecting them by your name that you have given me i guarded them and not one of them is lost except the son of destruction so that the scripture may be fulfilled now i am coming to you and i speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy completed in them i have given them your word The world hated them because they are not of the world, and I am not of the world. I am not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also sent them into the world. I sanctified myself for them, so they also may be sanctified by the truth. I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their message. May they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be one in us so that the world may believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you have given me. May they be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they be completely one so the world may know you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire those you've given me. To be with me where I am. Then they will see my glory, which you have given me because you have loved me before the world's foundation. Righteous Father, the world has known, not known you, however, I have known you, and these have known you that you sent to me. I have made your name known to them, and will make it known, so the love you have loved me with may be in them, and I may be in them. After Jesus had said these things, He went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley, where there was a garden, and he and his disciples went into it. Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas took a company of soldiers and some temple police from the chief priests and the Pharisees and came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing everything that was about to happen to him, went out and said, Who is it that you are looking for? Jesus the Nazarene, they answered. I am he, Jesus told them. And so on this Thursday night, Monday Thursday, the beginning of his arrest, found within his betrayal, which would lead to the trial and his ultimate crucifixion.